to Recess Tonight. I am Rob. Hey, it's Alan over here. Hey, so today's kind of um, interesting in that um, today was our day to shoot a podcast. And I said to Alan, what are we going to talk about? And he told me to shut my pretty mouth and that he would fill me in right now. And then we got here and he's like, just hit record and we'll figure this out. So I assume you have prepped for this. Prep is a stretch. And Alan's version of prep is a lot, by the way, just FYI. Um, And for me, the reason why I'm not prepped is because he wants me to hear this as a nurse who is working in a place that is being skeptical about a piece of research that he wants to talk about. And then we're just going to go from there. So this might totally blow up in our face, but um, many things have in the past uh, two decades. So whatever. Hmm. Let's do this. Three decades, actually. Well, uh, being a teenager, everything blows up in your face. So I just, <laughs> I just get rid of that part of my life. Okay, go. What are, you, what are we talking about? Okay, so we're going to specifically talk about a paper that was published in JAMA Open. That's the Journal of America Medical Association. It's a paper uh, penned by Gunnarsson and all in July 2019. And the title of the paper is called The Association of an Emergency, Emergency Department-Based Intensive Care Unit with survival and inpatient intensive care unit admissions. So we're talking about emerge departments that are holding on to ICU patients in a specialized little, like, I'm amazing uh, ICU nurse kind of area. <laughs> no, not quite. Okay, there, okay, uh, okay. Guy. But uh, that was quite a wordy title, though. But, uh, okay, why don't we start off with the background of this, of why this paper came to be, of why this research question came to be, and then we'll quickly break down the paper uh, it, without jargon. I agree to these terms. Okay. So for those of you out there that have not heard of an emergency department ICU concept, uh, it's a an idea that was put forth and published by Dr. Scott Weingart uh, a few years ago. I think it was probably 2013 or 2014. Uh, he published uh, a paper or a novel idea of how the implementation of an ICU or a critical care unit within an emergency department would improve patient care, improve patient-oriented outcomes, and ultimately get the patient the care they need then and there without all that system logistical delay that we face every day in, day out. You know what I mean? And anyone that works in the clinical setting can relate to that. And so the reason why I've been following this research closely over the last few years is because it's actually quite disruptive to the status quo. Scott isn't he you may know him from his podcast MCRIT and uh, his various other teaching things that he does but this guy is quite the uh, the innovator and disruptor of how he see things uh, with the idea of improving patient care whether or not you agree with him and and his ideas you we can all say that basically he does disrupt and that you need to you need disruptors of the system you need innovators Based on what I, you know, I hear off of MCRED, it seems that the patient is number one, right? And and patient outcomes are the most important piece, and you have to respect that without a doubt. And I definitely do. Absolutely. So, um, the the clinical question from this paper that was asked um, was, how is implementation of an ED ICU associated with mortality among ED patients and with inpatient ICU uh, admission? So, uh, this was done in Michigan. Uh, where they took a large emergency department that saw about 80,000 patients per year, and they created this ICU within it. 
And uh, what they did was a retrospective chart review and an audit of uh, patient visits from 2012 to 2017. I won't get into the the, the nitty gritty details about the uh, the methods and the 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 data because I think it's best explained in the paper themselves. Um, but basically, what they found was that by implementing this type of care, this ICU within an ED, they were actually able to reduce the amount of inpatient ICU admissions. And they were also able to reduce all-cause 30-day mortality of all patients throughout the eMERGE, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting look at something that it almost just kind of organically happens probably in some hospitals. Uh, definitely the one that I work at, uh, it, it did. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, go on, go on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so it just kind of makes you kind of think, okay, by having a critical care unit within an, an emergency department, it will improve patient-oriented outcomes. So then you kind of have to be skeptical of what you hear. So you have to take a step back and think about, okay, well, how does the EDICU function and how does it work? Um, so based on my readings and understanding, there are generally three different types of EDICUs. There's an emergency department with uh, its own dedicated walled-off area ICU that they'll build and put within it. A red rope, if you will. <laughs> a red rope, yeah. yes. Okay. And then the second type would be like a emergency department with a, uh, the, say, the, re- the existing resuscitation area or trauma bay or whatever you call it. That'll actually be the EDICU. Okay. Okay. And the third type of one is it's kind of like a hybrid. It's from how I understand it. It's you have your emergency department will function as is, and all of those patients that are critically ill that would be otherwise quote admitted to the EDICU would then go into those spaces. Okay, got it. So they can you just kind of be like, oh, that bed it was for EDICU. You know what I mean, like mm-hmm. that. And how they would staff this is the physicians would be cross trained in emergency medicine and critical care. Hmm. So it'd be ED and ICU docs. It's kind of a rare bird. I mean, really. Maybe becoming less so. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so there's that piece. And then for the nurses, the nurses will be cross-trained in both emergency nursing as well as critical care nursing. Hmm. As an educator, I've piqued my interest. Okay, (laughs) continue. And so where this EDICU kind of comes around for nursing and how it does is because once you attach that that, that title of critical care then you have a lower patient ratio. So the beds that I've read that are suggested, and in this pace, in this paper, it's a two-patient uh, to one-nurse ratio, full stop, okay. for their EDICU. This was the one in the paper, mm. which is different than most emergency departments that we've been used to that are like, if you're lucky, it's three patients to one-nurse uh, ratio in the emergency department. Or if it's busy, it's... 30 to 1 and we've all been there okay so and the reason why like this the edicu concept seems feasible or important is that we know that from pre-existing data uh studies have shown that prolonged icu admissions in the emergency department have worse morbidity and mortality so they die more often or they have more disease by the time they head up to the icu so knowing that, and knowing that the reality is most of the ICUs are boarded in the eMERGE, 
you're this this EDIC is meant to circumvent that problem because it is a it is trying to build a road around a problem until an ultimate problem can be identified essentially okay okay I have some questions but continue yeah okay so if you, like let's get let's put this into tangible uh, cases then one person one patient patient a comes in found down level of consciousness is nothing gonna get a tube within three minutes of arrival you can see from the doorway that person's going to ICU in the EDICU, this patient would then be moved to the ICU. Okay. To, to the EDICU. Okay, so they're not staying long. They're going upstairs, if you will, to the ICU. Or sort of the EDICU, EDICU rather, yes. on the same floor right away. Got it. Yes. Yep. Ten so four. they would get resuscitated. They get their tube. They get their scans and what have you. And then the difference is that's the only patient or one of two patients that the EDICU nurse would look after. And then they would look at it from a critical care uh, lens in addition to the resuscitation piece of the eMERGE. So they would uh, so they would resuscitate like any eMERGE nurse, but then they would add all the cr- the the ongoing critical care of ICUs like mouth care, mouth care, business, yeah. you know, right? Uh, the, we, the head of the bed to prevent VAPs, pressure sores because they do get pressure sores when they don't get turned and emerge. Actually, paying really close attention to eyes and O's. Absolutely <laughs> right, and actually one of the big uh, outcomes that you can patient-oriented outcomes that you can actually intervene in an EDICU is actually reducing the amount of sedation that you have on board. Because we know the lighter the sedation that you have, the less days on the ventilator you need. So if you can start it early, you can get them off the vent sooner. See, you think about the eMERGE, it's just like, okay, you're tubed, I need you to be totally unconscious because I have to go away from you now and deal with a STEMI that's five feet away. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yep, keep going. Knock down. Second case I want to give you is a patient comes in, pulmonary edema, needs BiPAP on a nitro drip, kind of on the fence, not going to go to ICU, probably needs to go to a step down unit. Sure. They're sick, but they're not like totally ruined sick. Yeah. Right. Got it. Step down units might be also be known as high acuity units. Yeah. I guess it you depends know, like where... They, where you are. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like right on that fence-ish area. And these, and then EDIC would take this patient and then they would leave them on BiPAP and be able to have close eyes on them on a nitro drip or on vasopressors and whatnot and give them time to, say, get around the pulmonary edema, get them off the BiPAP, wean them off the nitro drip and get them ready to go to the ward, therefore circumventing the step-down or HEU bed. Okay, okay, I'm with you here. All right. Mm -hmm. And the key piece about this is not just for the logistics of the hospital itself. It's you're actually giving the best maximum quality care for the patient that they need. It's pretty cool. It is. I mean, the concept is awesome if you think about it, right? Like on how that would work. It also sounds like somewhere I'd like like to be working. Um, So I'm looking for a job in that area. (laughs) But I, is there anything else you want to talk about or else I've got things I want to talk, I want to ask you about. Uh, just back to the paper is, to my knowledge, this is the only paper that's been published or quantified its findings on an EDICU and its impact. So this is the only paper that I've, I've found on that. Okay. Uh, that's actually quantified. Mm-hmm. So what kind of findings were there? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, essentially, the implementation of a EDICU in this, in this paper... Uh, was associated with a statistically significant reduction of risk-adjusted 30-day mortality among all ED patients. 
Huh. And like, that's pretty good if you can reduce the uh, all-cost 30-day mortality. It um, also reduced the amount of ED admissions to the ICU uh, once the EDIC was implemented. Uh, sorry, it reduced the amount of ED to normal ICU admissions uh, I see. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the implementation of an EDICU. Oh, well, okay. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, sounds pretty bad. Positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm being honest, like on based on what you've told me so far, mm-hmm. um, a couple of big questions come up for me. Yeah. And so I can appreciate you are not prepared for these responses. So this might be entertaining, if nothing else. Okay. So the number one place that my brain goes all the time is safety with these patients. And so I'm kind of interested in what the... Like, was this just as safe for patients? Because if you think about this... The eMERGE nurses that are here, I hear that you say that they're Mm cross-trained. And that means something very different in every single health authority. I can tell you it means vastly different things even within the province that you and I live in. Heck, it even means different things in the city that you and I live in. Um, So I can appreciate across the world it's going to make some very different things. I wonder, was this just as safe for patients? Were the outcomes just as, were, were they... In an ICU, so if I walked into, I'm not an ICU nurse. If I walked into an ICU today, I would not be safe in my care. I can take care of a vented patient in the eMERGE for the short time, but I wouldn't feel confident long-term. So w- was there any addressing of that in yeah, the paper? Yeah, actually, the uh, Gunnarsson all did address this in their paper, in the safety section, uh, in, in their paper. And essentially, they analyzed the emergent transfers from non-ICU to the ICU within the first 24 hours of admission, and it didn't change before and after the uh, the ED critical care. So there wasn't more risk adver- risk events or more safety events. If you if that makes it does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. I, by the way, you guys should have seen the ninja control F work that Alan was doing as we were just chatting here, where he's like hammers down, finds the safety pieces, and then turns it into a tangible sentence. I I'm actually kind of impressed. You, you oh, you're smarter than you look. Well, I don't even have a keyboard. I I'm just looking at it right here. I I have no bones. I'm just looking at the paper. You have no bones. <laughs> Uh, okay, that sounds good. So now, okay, this is more of an educational philosophy piece. So mm-hmm. you're not going to find this in the paper. I want to know what you think. Okay. Okay, so I would argue from my camp that the emergency setting and the ICU setting are specializations, both for physicians and for nurses. Are we? Do we agree so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say that they are actually, there are, components of crossover in tools and skills that occur. Are we still Mm -hmm. together? Yep. Sweet. Um, I think that I see a a deviation in thought process, neither negative or positive other side, just a difference in thought process. I see a difference in priorities, maybe positive or negative, depending on which way you're looking at it. If you're an ICU nurse, listen listen to this. Um, and I think there's a differentiation in, um, you know, worrying about certain things between emerge and, and ICU. And I think that those differences exist for a really good reason. I think that we've specialized in our education or in our experience for a reason because it, that combats what we need to combat on a daily basis. So I wonder Having a cross train, and you can speak to this best because you are a cross trained emerge and ICU nurse with formal education in both areas. 
it, are we doing a disservice to emerge nurses by pushing them into an ICU piece or taking ICU nurses and pushing them into an ICU piece, as uh, into an emerge piece? Or should we just be recruiting ICU nurses to come down to the emerge and take care of those individuals in a, essentially an ICU that's not in their normal ICU? That's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. If we're speaking uh, at the hospital that you and I built, uh, this virtual hospital that we built, and we have unlimited funding. Like a St. Emlyn's? Did we build St. Emlyn's? St. Emlyn's light. Yeah, massively light. St. Emlyn's urgent care. (laughs) Sure. And um, St. Emlyn's walk-in clinic. Definitely not the Simon Carly site, St. Emlyn's. I would say if we had unlimited budget, I think it's reasonable and it would be best to have both of your nurses, so your eMERGE or your ICU nurses that want to work in this EDICU, have all have formal education. I think that would be fantastic. But we both live in the real world and the money's not there, nor is time there to cross-train. Um, I would say that based on this paper, though, I can, I can speak to the paper itself. They cross-train their nurses um, formally. So their emergency nurses that wanted to work in the ED ICU, they would get critical care training in addition to their emergency. So that way they can deliver the complex ongoing critical care as well as resuscitate in an undifferentiated, under-resuscitated patient, if that makes any sense. It, it does, it does. Okay, so but you, you work in an ICU right now, but you are an eMERGE nurse, right? Mm-hmm. You did that for a long time. Mm-hmm. When you think about uh, yourself, looking back at little baby Allen in the eMERGE department, could you have done that effectively with some ICU knowledge? Like, be, be, yeah, like, be no, honest. Pr- uh, for baby Allen, I was really cute. <laughs> but I, I also think that, nah, probably not. Because if you're starting in the eMERGE, you're getting your feet wet with di- building a differential. You're building your feet wet with diagnostics. You're building your feet with undifferentiated patients. That's different than a lot of people. That's different than ICU. In ICU, they're differentiated. They're scanned. They're lined. In emergency, that's why emergency in medicine and nursing is its own thing. It's because they're undifferentiated. You don't know anything about them. Right, right. Okay, okay. So how do you get buy-in with these nurses in these ED ICUs? How, educationally. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's a multifactorial yeah. piece here, but like educationally, like so I'm only an eMERGE guy. Sell me. Tell me how educationally this is going to work to do this. And, and, and feel free to be pro on this if you'd like. I think if you want if you want resuscitation and caring after sick patients and giving quality care, this is the place to go to. Would be the EDICU. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you build a program in that, do you think? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. And in fact, there was a clinical nurse specialist, Renee Harvey or Renee Renee H., that uh, is one of the primary uh, investigators of this paper. Oh, fantastic. Uh, And she's a clinical nurse specialist of the EDICU. And I would love, we would love to engage with her to see how she was able to build relationships between those two worlds. Because we do share a lot of like critical care and eMERGE, um, both generalist specialties, uh, specialties, generalist specialties. Those are words. Yeah. But uh, she uh, she was tasked with um, building the relationship for nursing. And I would love to see or hear what her experience was. Because I, I think that I have a lot of blind spots that I don't see with the potential implica- implementation of this. Yeah, I think we both do. Um, 
but she went through the she went through the the fire. She walked the walk. So I'd I'd love to be able to hear her thoughts on Very it. Very cool. Yeah, I mean the idea of it sounds awesome, and I think it's and then obviously the data speaks pretty positively. There sounds like more research is required. Ah, uh, yes, I think that <laughs> yes, you can't make any changes based on this paper. But what this paper does is it it opens the conversation. You need to talk about innovation. You can't stay the course the entire time and expect improvement. You've always got to look to change things and agitate the system to a degree. Um, Because those blocked beds aren't going to be changing easily. So what other innovation can can we create? Yeah, no doubt. So I guess, does this mean this is our first like journal club kind of episode we've ever done? Journal Club Light. Wow, Journal yeah. Club Club Light. Okay, I like yes. it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, very good. Anything else you want to summarize with? Are you feeling like that's uh, that's good? No, I think it's good. We'll link the paper in the show notes. It is open uh, access, which is great. So no paywall. So Agreed. please read it. Yeah, very good. Okay, uh, thanks very much for recess tonight, and we'll uh, we will talk to you next time. <laughs>